Alma Howard. Mary Blair. Alice Davis. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Disney 8. It's June the 3rd, 2018. My name's Justin, and I am joined by my partner in crime over here, Jason. What's going on, brother? How you doing, brother? It's been a, it's been a great day. It's nice to see you, though. It's good to see you. I'm, I'm ready to get going, ready to get talking about our fantastic uh, pair that we have today. Not just one person, mm-hmm. but two people that we are going to talk about. Before we do that, I want to look back at the impact that Bianca Majoli had on the Disney company. And we were talking about being the first female storyboard artist for the Disney company. What an amazing, amazing impact she had. And uh, you're talking about another woman who did it her own way. You know, she faced strife, faced uh, uh, hard times coming into a male-dominated field, but laid that ground, that groundwork, laid that path for future female animators, female storyboard artists to come. What what I really, I think, admire and respect about her is she knew what she wanted, and she wasn't afraid to, uh, I don't want to say go get it as much as she wasn't afraid to lay the groundwork to get her to where she needed to be. Yeah, you, I mean, that's, that's 100% it. Even though she knew that she was going to have to adapt her personality and change her way of, of doing things to kind of fit in, she still kept it her way. And, you know, it was her animation style and it was her um, way of thinking that introduced those characters that we wouldn't have today that, you know, that had hardship in the storyline. Like with Bambi, with the mother dying, with Dumbo, with, uh, you know, with with all the all the hardship that Dumbo faces throughout the movie. She found the empathetic viewpoint of the character and that let everyone else become, uh, you know, let those characters become beloved to 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 the to the watcher, to the reader, to the, whoever's taking in those stories. We're going to talk about two people who they never once laid pen to paper. They never once animated a film or imagineered an attraction. They never once you know uh, did anything as far as groundbreaking at Disneyland or Walt Disney World or all these places. But they may have had some of the biggest impact on Walt and the Disney Company uh, of anyone. And the people we're talking about today are the Disney girls, uh, both Diane and Sharon Disney. Lillian and Walt had just the misfortune of miscarriage just time and time again. And finally, uh, Lillian did get pregnant. They had Diane Marie in December 18th, 1933. Now, 
after her birth, they still wanted to have a few more kids, kept having the miscarriage and miscarriage. So finally, they made the decision. That's where they adopted Sharon in 1936. Now, I want to go back to the birth of December 18th, 1933, when we're talking about Diane. And I just found it so coincidental that on the day of her birth, Walt Disney was presented with the Parent Magazine Award for the Three Little Pigs. How cool of a coincidence was that? It's very, very cool. Yeah, I bet that's an award he held more esteem over and more pride over than probably a lot of other awards he had because it, it signifies such a monumental day in both him and Lillian's life. The girls themselves, when we start talking about them growing up and them just being kids, I mean, first of all, let me do a sidebar here. How cool would it be to have Walt Disney as your dad? I mean, look, I love my dad. I love my stepdad. You know, he's he's dad too. Uh, but guys, Walt Disney, I mean, how neat would that have been? Well, and there's fantastic stories that the one thing about Diane was great was later in life, she really makes it a point to let people know what Walt was, not only as the iconic figure that we all know him as, but as a father and as a man. And she would tell these great stories about Walt would come, he'd leave for work. And he would come home from work every night. And that's the way they knew him. They didn't know everything that happened in between while he was at the studio. And he would uh, come home and he'd, he'd get his, his camera out and he'd make little films with the girls and uh, with their playhouse. And he would say, hey, you, you, you go over there, you know, uh, Diane and, and Sharon, you're going to come around here. And he would direct them through these films and they would dress up. And they really did live a fairy tale life. And if, if there's one thing I want people to take from this episode, it's not the impact these girls had on the financial aspects of the company, which they did have some because they sat on the board, or the making of, and, and the furthering of the company. It's the fact that they allowed Walt to live his dreams through his family because Walt was a family man. He was a fantastic father and a fantastic husband. And, uh, and you really see that whenever these girls talk about all the great things that he would do when he would come home. And I just relate that to you, Jason. You know, I see you, you, know, you doing this with your boys and, and making videos and, and doing this fun stuff that, you know, they're going to remember forever. They're going to be able to look back and see these videos and think, my dad was so cool. Look what he did with me. I hope so, man. I, I, I don't think I had the patience like Walt did. Of course, I, I've heard the stories where maybe he wasn't such a patient guy sometimes. He had, a, he had a, his limits also. And, you know, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, and and I, can, I guess I can kind of see where, where Walt wanted to have this fun because if, if anybody understood the, how precious time was, it was him because he was trying to capture right now into a – well, if, I mean, if you think about it, um, even Main Street or or it, he wanted to capture a moment in time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you know, you got July 4th on Main Street. You have, you know, you have Tomorrowland. I mean, this is I want to capture a moment in time. So he understood that. And I know he understood that with the girls. Yeah, and, you know, what, some of my favorite things is you to look at pictures of him with his girls, because me with a daughter, I look at time and. It's just going so fast. And you can see Walt, you know, when they're little and the things he's doing with them. But he he continues to interact and include them on really decision-making because he uses them as almost... Uh, like he would come home and he would go, uh, uh, Diane, Sharon, come in here. Uh, let me, let me know what you think about this. What, what, what do you think? Would you like this? Do you like that? And there's a great story about, uh, him coming home whenever he's doing Bambi and, you know, 
Diane was an avid reader. She she read constantly. She uh, loved reading. You know, laid on her bed constantly. And Walt, there's a famous story about how that's how Walt came across Mary Poppins. But also, she had read Bambi. And when Walt produced Bambi, he brought it home and he put it on for the girls before anyone else had seen it. And uh, kind of used them as figuring out what what's going to happen with children their age. And she started crying when Bambi's mother died. And she said, "Dad, why? Why did you have the mother die?" And he said, "Well, it was in the book." And she said, well, you took so many other liberties and changed things that weren't, were in the book. Why couldn't you have changed that? And, you know, it's just one of those things where he's, and he's, Walt famously went, well, she had me. Well, you know, what do you say? He appreciated their opinion. That's the best way I can put that. And I think that says a lot for a father and a daughter is when you appreciate their opinion and you come to them for advice, even at young ages. And with the, the opinions and giving the advice, You know, we also have those aha moments, you know, as parents where, you know, your kids will say something so simple and we as adults, we have this tendency to overcomplicate many things. One story that I loved was Walt said, I was sitting trying to figure out how I could broaden the appeal. So I was thinking of the teenagers and things. We were out here sitting around the pool. I had my plans out. This was Diane. I turned her and said, Diane, what can I put in the park that will interest girls of your age? She said, that's simple, Dad. Boys. How simple and <laughs> profound was that where, you know, a light just went off his head and went, oh, that makes sense. You know, what's funny is he, I can just picture Walt stewing for weeks about this, looking at plans of Disneyland and just saying, you know, thinking, oh, man, you know, what am I going to do? What am, you know, what am I going to put in here? I want I want to appeal to everyone. And what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden... He comes to her, and just in 30 seconds, she just says, okay, this is all I want, you know? And, of course, as, as a dad to a five-year-old that's already, you know, talking about her boyfriends, I know that's coming, so it's like, okay, I get it. But he also, Walt included his girls in in trips they went on. I mean, he took them to Alaska in 1947 as he was looking at a, a nature photography documentary they were working on uh, of the True Life Adventure Seal Island that came out in '48. Um, I mean, he took them all around, took them over to uh, the British sets uh, for Treasure Island. I mean, how cool is that as as kids that you get to go and you get to be, you know, of course, they're a little older now, but they get to go and they get to be a part of these sets and see these things that are going to change the world forever. And let's look at the commitment that Walt had to his family where being away, I mean, look, being a Marine and being deployed uh, it's not easy being away from your family. You know, you got businessmen out there that are continually away from their family. I understand how much it it, it really, uh, it's a burden on your soul. You know what I mean? It's a burden on your heart to be away from your family like that when your loved ones aren't around. And for him to just bring them with him because he could. He didn't want to try to escape his family. He didn't need to get away from them. He wanted them around him. And I love that about him. Yeah, and exactly. How lucky and for let's them. go back. You know, we kind of skipped over something that happened when they were little, and this I think was such a uh, important part because without this moment, we wouldn't have Disneyland, we wouldn't have Walt Disney World, and that is Saturday or Sunday. You know, whichever day worked out, Walt would come home. He would, he would, you know, get the girls, and uh, they would have Daddy Daughters Day, and they would go to the park and go to the carousel, and Walt would sit on a bench, and he would eat his peanuts. And when the girls would go on the carousel and play, and Walt, that's where the, the one spot where Walt thinks up the idea for Disneyland. I want to create a place where not only kids but adults can have fun together as a family. And so sitting on that bench with his daughters, watching them, they were the inspiration for Disneyland. It wasn't Sleeping Beauty and, and Snow White. It wasn't all that. 
they were the inspiration. It was finding something that he could he could be a part of with them. And so when you're talking about his daughters, that's how important they were. I think he kind of tested everything through their eyes and, you know, te- what would they enjoy? And that's what I want to do. And of course, if you do that, if you make it about your kids and you make it about your family, you will succeed. Yeah, not to throw a figment plug in here, but it all starts with a spark, you know, a spark of, and, and, and that's, that's what going through this whole series and, and listening to your walking with Walt there are so many little instances that if those were missing, we would not be having this conversation today. It was just, it's almost like uh, this, this spider web was just perfectly mm-hmm. formed. You know, it was, it's, it's great. I love it. You know, and we're talking about both girls, Sharon and Diane. Now, Sharon, she grows up, goes into modeling and acting. She dabbles a little bit in acting. She also joins the board of the Disney company after her father's death. And, uh, you know, but there's not a lot of information on Sharon. Uh, but Diane's the completely different story. Diane really was the face of the Disney family up until her death, uh, both with documentaries and with multiple, multiple books that she published, including My Dad, Walt Disney in 1957 and 1958. And uh, those are articles that she wrote. And then the, the corresponding book was actually titled The Story of Walt Disney, which was published in 57. And uh, Diane said this, no one understands that he really was a dad. He drove my sister and me to school every morning, every weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. He'd say it was Daddy's Day, and he'd take us all day to the local park where we had a beautiful carousel, or take us up to the studio. We'd run around the studio on weekends when no one was there. We'd go into every animation room and prowl around the lot. He really, he was really a dad. He went to every school function, every Father's Night. Now, we're talking about a man who was busy. I mean, you're running a studio. You're creating a park. You're, you know, it's just unbelievable the amount of stuff he had on his plate, and yet he always made time for family. You know, I look at Walt trying to build an empire, and I say empire loosely because I don't think that's what his end game was, but ultimately he did, and the time restraints that were put on him. Now, I look at yourself and me, and time is such a luxury that I do not have to spare, you know? Mm-hmm. Anybody who gets my time is um, worthy of my time. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, because definitely. there's such a little amount of time and not only the day, but the, the years are, are screaming by. You made the comment of how fast time is going. And not only can I agree with you, I'm standing on top of the desk here, pounding my fist going, yes, you are right, because it is going by so fast. So with that being said, Walt always, and I mean always, took the time out for his family because he understood that core value of everything that he believed in was the most important. That's where Diane and Sharon's admiration for dad or daddy, or to us, Walt, came from. And how can you not respect that uh, to the fullest? Yeah, I mean, you know, when we start talking about this episode, the previous six episodes have been more history-based. They've been about the person and have been about the acts they've done. And when I came, when we, when I came to you and I, I you know, presented you with the, with the first eight, and we kind of adjusted you know, a few here and there, but one we wanted to leave on here with, with the girls. And we, we were both talking and we said, you know, there's just not a lot of tons of history about them because of their, their impact on the company isn't just boom right in your face. You know, you have to, it's subtle. I mean, it's massive, but it's subtle. And uh, but we thought it was important because we wanted to approach this episode as more of a family episode, more of because I think everyone can relate to that. 
you know, if you have kids, you can relate to the fact that you find yourself going, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. Oh, oh, you know. But if you'll take that time and really, you'll be amazed what you'll find your kids will give back to you. You know, like like the Disney daughters gave to Walt. And I think Walt was such a genius man that he realized that. And he realized that the time with them spent was the most valuable time he spent throughout his week. But uh, and, and, and like you said, Jason, you put it perfectly. They, they love their father. They were devoted to their father. And, you know, especially Diane. Diane goes on to... Uh, to really spend a life of adv- advocacy for her father. I mean, to to really be out there and be in, in front of everything and, and doing interviews and doing documentaries and books uh, just to make sure that the people knew the real man. People knew Walt Disney and who, the man he was. And uh, she was instrumental in a lot of things. And, uh, and one of the biggest things was the Walt Disney Concert Hall. And the project was initiated with a $50 million gift from her mother in 1988. Uh, but it, it, because of cost negotiations, it, it stalled. It, it kind of took a back seat, and uh, it was her who came out and really pushed that ahead. And it finally opened in 2004. So that's one of the things that she really, really came out and did. But she also, like I said, I think one of her biggest uh, gifts she gave to Walt Disney fans was her writings and her interviews of the man, because we learn more about him through her than we do through Disney historians. In 2009, Diane co-founded the Walt Disney Family Museum with her son Walter Elias Disney Miller, which is a nonprofit organization that owns and operates the Walt Disney Family Museum, which is located in San Francisco. Diane was a president of the board of directors all the way up until her death. And the thing is, is if you go back and, and we start talking about the, the Disney Foundation and the preservation of the Family Museum, that's where that really just adds to what you were just saying about um, it's more than about money. It's more than about anything other than let's just preserve how great of a legacy this is. Yeah, and she takes her role in, in that. But another huge role that she has we haven't talked about, and I just want to throw it out there, is the fact that she gives Walt seven grandkids. Uh, you know, And Walt just he cherished his grandkids and holding their hand and walking them through Disneyland and, uh, and le- watching them light up at, at, at the sight of characters and things like that was something that I think really impacted Walt and uh, and the Disney family for years to come. Now, on February 16th, 1993, Sharon Disney lost her battle with cancer. And 20 years later, on November the 19th, 2013, at the age of 79, uh, after a fall, after she developed some medical complications, we lose Diane Disney Miller. And uh, what an amazing pair that these these two women were for an amazing man. A real staple, a real concrete base to this family that he always found himself back to, and uh, it was his home base. It wasn't the house. It wasn't his estate. It was these two girls that always brought him back and always kept his mind dreaming for bigger things and wanting more for not only his family, but for the entire world. Before we close this up, Justin, I want to give a shout out to Jeff Curdy, and he's one of the leading authorities of the Walt Disney Company and its history. And we got a lot of our information from the girls, um, from him. And I want you to just check him out because he he brings a unique online presence called The Wonderful World of Walt. And I, I, I want to appreciate his time that he stuck into the research for this also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, fantastic author, uh, Disney historian, great, great person. And uh, we really appreciate him with uh, you know researching all those facts. And we definitely want to give him props for researching those facts and, and letting, us, letting us be 
all we are is a sounding board. You know, we, we are we are just trying to pass on this information to as many people as possible because these people deserve this. These women deserve to be talked about and to be celebrated. And so we are we are excited to be doing that. Now, the only bad part is we only have one more week of the Disney 8. We have one more week and one fantastic, amazing person to talk about still. But then we'll be taking a little break as I head to Alani and a little month off. But then we'll be back with the second season of the Disney 8. And Jason, I'm excited about this new topic. It's going to be something completely different, completely off the wall. And uh, I know it's something that you've t- we don't have to talk about in our spare time quite a bit. And that is Disney ideas that never came to be. And I love going down these rabbit holes. And it's going to be a fun, fun series. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, you look at some of the things that are out there. There's an amazing, uh, just so many. And putting this list together is going to take a little bit because I know we're going to start out with a ton and we'll try to narrow that down to eight and we'll get it done. And so we will we will be back with season two of the Disney eight uh, about a month after the eighth episode of the season one. And but before we do that, Jason, I want to not only look and celebrate the people of the past with the Walt Disney Company, but also celebrate the present and the future. This week, we celebrate Chang Zhu. She was born and raised in Shanghai, China, and she's a producer and cultural advisor for Walt Disney Imagineering. And uh, her whole job is just to help create an understanding of what audiences enjoy across Asia. She's been a go-to resource for Imagineers creating Shanghai Disney Resorts. And uh, she organizes those events that promote cultural awareness and uh, ensures that all the uh, creative concepts are developed with sensitivity. And she joined Walt Disney Imagineering after earning her graduate school degree at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. So, Shang Zhu, thank you for everything you do. We appreciate you. And this week, we celebrate you as part of the Disney 8. What an incredible amount of accomplishments this woman has done. You know, and I'm, I'm sure we'll be hearing about her name in the future. So... Yeah, definitely. Jason, I want to thank you for joining me this week. I had a, a blast recording with you. We kind of had to put it off a couple times. Though. We didn't record our normal time just because of different things in our lives that were going on. But we always want to make time to celebrate these women, celebrate these Disney 8. And it's been an absolute blast to do these seven episodes. I had no, I've expanded my knowledge on the Disney company and on these women. And I hope that we have done the same for you who are listening with us, our Disney family right now. So until next week, we thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Disney eight. Have a nice day, buddy. Nice day, buddy. See you. This has been YDF media productions.